Hello and welcome to the From Ballparks to Buzzbeer Sportscast. I'm James Farley alongside my co-host Perry Morzinos. And today we have a great episode coming your guys' way right now. We have a little MLB-NFL combo coming your guys' way with the NFL heading right on into week four. While in, on the MLB side of things, we have those the regular season coming to an end, those playoff races tightening up. So that's exactly what we're going to be starting with today on the NL wildcard side of things. Those teams making a run for their money, trying to get in at the last second for a playoff position. Perry, what's going on there right now? Yeah, James, I mean, the baseball season is definitely coming to an end here in the early days of October. But let's start with the NL. You know, the main story in the NL all year has been, right, Dodgers versus Giants. They're both um, over 100 win teams, so great seasons from both teams. But it does look like the Giants are going to be out that do- those Dodgers for the NL West title. And it's the NL wildcard game is likely going to be the Dodgers versus the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals, I believe, has 17-game winning streak. Um, and honestly, a great overall September and new playoff berth. And then you look at, you know, the Dodgers, who have been a juggernaut all season long, but ran into ma- mainly a bigger juggernaut in the Giants. But, I mean, you got a feel for the Cardinals, right? I mean, if their likely prize is a start for Max Scherzer against the Dodgers, I mean, that is... Very, very unfortunate for the Cardinals, but definitely a great month of September for them. Yeah, absolutely, Perry. I mean, this St. Louis team around the early August point of things, they were sitting around the 500 mark, and now they're sitting at 89 and 70, 19 games over 500, especially thanks to that 17-game winning streak that they had throughout September. So this St. Louis team, they had a lot of grit. They were able to just punch in. They were always the underdog fighting to get up. The San Francisco Giants were obviously at the top of things, but the Dodgers, they were sitting pretty in that number one wild card spot. They still have that 14-game lead over the Cardinals, but they were always just confident they had that position kind of locked in. St. Louis, that was not the case. They had to win. They had to fight, and they had to get the job done, and that's exactly what they did. So I think that they're going to give the Dodgers a run for their money. Absolutely. Yes, Max Scherzer, he's a phenomenal pitcher. It's going to be hard to hit him. He's always hard to hit. He's absolutely an unfavorable matchup on the pitcher's mound. But that being said, this St. Louis Cardinals team has a lot of heart. They've been able to get the job done throughout September. They are probably one of if not the best the hottest team in baseball right now and I anticipate that's going to be a good wild card game I think that's going to be a really solid matchup I anticipate the Cardinals giving the Dodgers a run for their money yeah I think it just depends on you know how much how much the Dodgers really want it because I think they're going to be a little angry that a team like Atlanta who's sitting at 86 and 72 right now is going to forego the um, NL wildcard game, but the Dodgers are not going to be able to. But I want to get into the Giants and the Dodgers NLS counterparts right here in the Padres. I, I just want to talk about them really quickly here. I mean, they were, at the beginning of the season, potential contenders for the Dodgers in the NL West. The Giants weren't even in the conversation. And now that script has completely flipped. I mean, the Padres are just an awful September. Fernando Tatis Jr. got hurt. A lot, Manny Machado didn't live up to his full potential. You can call it whatever you want, but this Padres team just did not get the job done in really, you know, from mid to now in um, early October, late September. But definitely a disappointing team for this Padres and a season that could likely get Jace Tingler fired as manager. Yeah, over the offseason, they made some great accusations at the pitcher position, adding you Darvish, Tony Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays. So they were looking really solid, and I was actually thinking that they could definitely beat out the Dodgers 
in that highly contested NL West. But now the Giants, they're at the number one spot at 105 and 54. And Perry, this Giants team, I got to give them a lot of credit because they have just won and won and won. Everybody looks at the Dodgers with that loaded team that they have. They have like, like I think they have five MV or four MVPs on that team with Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw, and Albert Pujols. They've all won MVP at one point in their careers. They have almost an all-star team at that team. That being said, the Giants, they've still got the Giants have still they've beaten the Dodgers in series. They've won two out of three when they needed to. And I throughout the year, I was thinking that, you know what? It's only a matter of time until the Giants lose the Dodgers, start f- like building up and t- retake that spot at the number one position in the division. But that hasn't been the case, and I've definitely been proven wrong. That Giants team has been persistent, hanging on to that number one spot with a lot of confidence. And they, at the deadline over the summer, they added Chris Bryant from the Chicago Cubs. That is a great move by them. He is definitely playing very well at third base. So I think that this San Francisco Giants team is poised really well for October. And I am, I mean, I can't say enough about them. I think that they are the best team in the National League at the moment. Yeah, James, it will definitely be interesting. You see how that race between the Giants and the Dodgers will finish out, but it's looking like the Dodgers are going to claim that NL West title. But moving on to the American League now, where this wild card race, I would say it's definitely much more interesting um, for many reasons. Yeah, I mean, the AL is definitely going to be more interesting than in the NL, where the Giants are going to claim that divisional title. But this wildcard game in the American League could be any sort of combination between the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Mariners. Unfortunately, the five-way tie is dead as the Oakland Athletics have been eliminated. But the likeliest matchup here is definitely Yankees-Red Sox. The Yankees have a two-game lead over Boston and Seattle as of Friday, who are tied for the second wildcard spot. And this Yankees team has improved dramatically since the trade downline. Um, a lot of people thought they were dead in the wire, and then they added Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, and although they started really hot for their new teams, they have tailed off like the rest of the team in recent weeks. But at the end of the day, if the Yankees win one game against the Tampa Bay Rays in their final season of series of the year, excuse me, then this Yankees team is going to most likely make the wildcard game unless something crazy happens in this wildcard race. Yeah, Per, I anticipate the Yankees having that home field advantage in the wildcard game and playing at Yankee Stadium for that game. But, I mean, the Red Sox, I'm a huge Red Sox fan. I love watching them. They are an offensive powerhouse. They have the players to score runs when they need to to win games. But they've just been so inconsistent that it's crazy. They go on, they can win seven games straight, dominating at the plate, pitching well, doing everything right with Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers at the helm of that. But then they go and they lose two of three to the Baltimore Orioles, who are the worst team in the American League. You can't do that. When you're looking to like, to solidify your spot in the wild card race, and you look and you have a three-game series against the worst team, the Orioles, you're thinking, this has to be a sweep. We have to win these three games. They're almost free games for us just to take for ourselves and help boost our chances of getting into the wildcard game. But they lost two of three. You cannot be doing that. I mean, come on. If you're that's just giving Seattle, Toronto an opportunity to come in and take that spot at the number two spot. So I'm really hoping the Red Sox can hang on. They're playing the Nationals in the final series of the year. If they are going to, they have to 
they just have to win. That's the end. At the end of the day, they've got to win. That's in the destinies in their own hands. And on the other side of things, I mean, Seattle and Toronto, they've just been building from the ground up, similar to how the Cardinals were on the NL side of things. Boston, they were leading the AL East. They had a pretty substantial lead, but now they've just been degressing throughout the end of the the second half of the season since the All Star break. And now they're hanging on for dear life with Seattle and Toronto, really trying to just come out of the water and gain that spot. Toronto went on a huge winning streak. They won like they won nine straight or something like that two weeks ago. And now Seattle's won nine of 10 just recently. So they're definitely knocking on the doorsteps. It's going to be close. I think it's going to end up being Yankees Red Sox, that classic rivalry in the wild card game. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's definitely been an inconsistent season for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, James, absolutely. And you mentioned the Mariners quickly there. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs since 2001. Um, I mean, th- this franchise has suffered through a lot since then. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. But they probably still are the most likely the worst team out of these four teams. And they probably have the, um, f- um, the smallest amount of chances here to make it through. I mean, they're the, on- they're the only team in this race that has a negative run differential. I mean, that is just borderline. That's awful, actually. They should be, you know, much lower than they actually are, especially Toronto, who has a higher run differential than both the Red Sox and the Yankees. Um, but the Mariners won 9 out of 10. You got you have to give them credit here. Um, going on that late game win streak, they really look like they want it, as do the Blue Jays, whereas the Red Sox just look like they they're expecting things to be given to them when they actually have to go out perform on a night to night basis. Although they have Nick um, Nathan Avaldi and Chris Sales leading the rotation, this Red Sox team just is not functioning at a high level. They just don't look focused for whatever reason, and that needs to change if they want to make the wild card game. Perry, I actually disagree with you on this one. With you saying that Seattle's the worst team here because they're winning when it matters. Just recently at the tail end of the season, when they're out, they were five games back of the wild card spot, just almost with like two weeks left of the season, right? Oakland was ahead of them, Toronto was ahead of them, Red Sox and the Yankees were all ahead of them, looking to that they would be the four-team race. But Seattle, they come out of nowhere and they win 9 of 10 straight. None of those other teams have won 9 of 10 straight. They are winning when it matters. They are, are as a ball club, as a whole, they're coming together for that one common goal, of winning games. The Red Sox, they haven't been able to do it. They've gone 500 over their last 10. The Blue Jays, they've gone 4 of 6 out of the past 10 games. Seattle, they've gone 9 nine and 1 over the past 10. So they're showing that they can win games when it matters. We can do it. The Red Sox and the Blue Jays aren't doing that. So it's definitely going to be interesting because Seattle, they're hotter than these the Red Sox or the Blue Jays. And we've seen that the Cardinals are a perfect example of this, that if you're a hot baseball team in September and October, then you're going to be able to get in. That's what they did. They solidified that spot. And now Seattle's looking to maybe do that for themselves in the AL. So I think they're going to come up just short, but they're definitely making themselves known and certainly stirring things up in this AL wildcard race. James, absolutely, and it'll be interesting to see how Seattle reacts to the offseason if they just miss the playoffs. Will they start selling off a lot of their good players, or will they look to improve and maybe take that next step? But as small as the chances are, there's still a possibility of a four-way tie. If the Yankees get swept by Tampa Bay, Boston takes 2-3 of against the Nationals, Seattle takes 2-3 of versus the Angels, and Toronto sweeps Baltimore, that would leave Every team at 91 and 71 in the crazy four-way tie. Um, I don't know what the exact chances are of that happening are, but they are very, very small. But that would definitely be 
very something really, really interesting to see in the AL wildcard race. Very well. The chances of that are small. I mean, it's not completely out of... I mean, it's there's definitely a chance of it happening. The Yankees are playing Tampa Bay, who is definitely the best team in the AL East. They've looked dominant all season long in a 100-win team in their own right. The Red Sox, I mean, I really want, as a Red Sox fan, I really want to say that they should win two out of three against the Nationals. But down the stretch, they've just not looked like a team that is capable of and doing that in a series as they won just one of three against the Baltimore Orioles. But I think that the Red Sox can manage that. Then Seattle taking two of three versus the Angels. That's definitely a situation. And then Toronto sweeping Baltimore. Baltimore is not that good. And so it's definitely, a, there's certainly a chance this could happen. And that would be definitely crazy. And I'm also kind of hoping that something like that would happen just as a baseball fan. But obviously I hope that my Red Sox are able to come out on top and have a wild card spot. Now we're heading on over to the NFL side of things with the biggest regular season game in NFL history kicking off on Sunday night football when the Patriots play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady, GOAT versus GOAT, and there are so many storylines that we are going to be getting into right now here on the podcast. So Perry, this is Brady's first game against the Patriots after he's here for 20 seasons, winning six Super Bowl champions. He has solidified himself as the best quarterback to ever play in the NFL, arguably the best athlete in sports history to ever play. Everything he is known for is is him playing in a New England Patriots uniform. But now he's on the other side of things. He's on the opposite sideline with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers leading that team. They won the Super Bowl last year. They're definitely looking like a favorite to win it again this year. But it's all coming down on Sunday night where he plays his alma mater and in the New England Patriots. Perry, what do you foresee going on this game? I am pumped to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I this this is going to be something that has never happened before in team sports history and likely will never happen again. I mean, if you look at the stars that left their teams, right? So Bobby Orr went to Chicago. His Blackhawks never came back to Boston. Michael Jordan went to the Wizards, but it really wasn't the same for, mul- for a multitude of reasons. Mike, uh, Phil Jackson wasn't in Chicago. It was just a very, very different scenario that you're looking at. I mean... And then this, there would be nothing like this ever again. I mean, you look at the best baseball player of all time, Babe Ruth. He came back to Boston, but really wasn't the same without fans. It's a completely different era than it is now. I'm, but this is never going to happen again. Brady's the greatest winner in team sports. There will never be anything like the Patriots dynasty. This game is going to be so very interesting. You watch not just the actual game and see how Belichick game plans against Brady and how Brady helps the Bucks game plan for the Patriots. But, you know, the pregame handshake, will Brady shake Bill's hand? How will how will the game look? NBC is saying this is like their first Super Bowl of the year. They get Super Bowl 56 in February 2 on their channel. But this game is going to be crazy. I mean, I'm looking forward to this game. This game is going to be the best game of the NFL season, even if the Patriots get blown out. Do they play a tribute video for Tom Brady? Do they play a tribute video for Rob Gronkowski coming back in a Buccaneers uniform? So, so many questions, so many possibilities. Definitely the best game of the NFL regular season. And the quarterbacks facing off in this best game of the NFL regular season is our Mac Jones versus Tom Brady. Mac Jones, he has not really lived up to quite the expectations as a starting quarterback that us Patriots fans have been hoping for. He is the only rookie quarterback to have a win out of the starting QBs in the NFL thus far with the likes of Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and himself. So they are combined 1 of 11. Mac Jones has that one 
victory. But aside from that, he has not looked great. He is having he's had to scramble all over the place. He has been making throw like he's making good throws. He is definitely showing that he has potential to be a good quarterback. But some people were thinking like, oh, he could he's perfect. He's just like a Tom Brady type of player. He's never going to be like Tom Brady, guys. Hate to break it to you, but Tom Brady is in a league of his own. He could he has a similar style as Tom Brady. That's definitely the case. He's definitely a pass-first kind of player, but this is not the case, and it's, this is going to be showcased how the young Mac Jones versus the old Tom Brady, Tom Brady is going to blow him out of the water, and the Bucks are going to end up winning this game thanks to Tom Brady's performance. Yeah, James, I mean, Mac Jones hasn't looked great. You're definitely right, but... He's been under pressure all day, every every game, all day long. I mean, he's just been under pressure. I believe that he had a 40% pressure rate on his dropbacks last week. That is a crazy number for a pocket passer. And he's not one of these Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray types that can make plays out of the pocket, even like Zach Wilson can. He's like a Tom Brady pl- player. I mean, I agree with you. He's never going to be Tom Brady, but he's a pocket passer. And he hasn't gotten that path pocket awareness yet that gets with that comes with more experience and it it's just a matter of time before he gets it but he could really literally be killed Sunday night against the Bucks. I mean the Bucks have a phenomenal front seven. You know they have Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre Paul who might not play but Ndamukong Sue and then their linebackers Levante David and Devin White. The Patriots are going to need to not just run the ball but they're going to be able to they need to be able to throw the ball to even have a chance to keep up with this Bucks team um and the win here for Brady would almost be as nice as the Super Bowl win for him nothing's going to top that Super Bowl win for Brady that was probably going to end up as his favorite Super Bowl as much as I hate to say it but the Bucks know how much Brady wants to win this game and Brady is going to come out ready to play on Sunday night and the Patriots should know that I mean he did it for so many years here. So this game is going to be very interesting. The Bucks are going to be ready to go to war for their leader and Tom Brady. And the Patriots are going to have to try and slow them down. Yeah, that's definitely the case, Barry. And I think that the the crowd is going to also play a factor in this game. It's going to be interesting to see how do they welcome Brady and Gronk back in New England at Gillette Stadium. I mean, people have. I mean, most of the majority of the Patriots fans were rooting for Brady and the Bucks to win the Super Bowl this pa- the past NFL season over the Kansas City Chiefs. They were staying true to Brady. They were not rooting against him for leaving New England. But it's going to be interesting to see that now that they're playing their team, now that he is going against New England Patriots, where he used to play all of his own games at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, it's definitely going to be interesting. And also, Brady has another chance to add to his resume as the best quarterback of all time. Is he's able, He has the chance to break Drew Brees' record for most passing yards in, in NFL history at the field where he used to play with the Patriots in Foxborough as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everything's going down tonight uh, on Sunday night. It's going to be super exciting. Bill Belichick as the coach. There's tons of bla- bad blood between Bill Belichick and Brady. Obviously, their relationship diminished since 2017 from that point on when Brady was in that New England Patriots uniform. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what ends up happening. I mean, James, you cannot make this stuff up. I mean, he has a chance to break the all-time passing yards. He just needs 66, 68, excuse me. It will definitely come in this game. And then it's Mac Jones' start, who's basically being thrown into a sink-or-swim type situation here. I mean, you're going against the greatest quarterback of all time who used to play for the team that you're not now the quarterback of. 
after facing, you know, three not great franchises in the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Saints. I mean, this is going to be eye-opening for Mac Jones. Definitely another thing to monitor. But now moving into our quick pick segment. Um, We did not have quick pick last week as we did not come out with an episode last week. Um, But the scoreboard after week three stands at James with 19, uh, me with 15. I got killed in week two. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But there are definitely some games here that we could have different opinions on. So let's get to it. So starting off with the Tennessee Jets game, James, who do you have in this one? I have Tennessee in a blow-up, Perry. The New York Jets are horrible. I know Zach Wilson is a rookie quarterback. He has potential to be a great quarterback in this league. But now is not this time. This roster is just absolutely, it's almost pathetic watching them. They are a terrible team. Tennessee should just, Derrick Henry is going to be able to run all over them. He'll have a multi-touchdown game. And it's also going to be interesting to see that one of the bigger storylines, honestly, isn't going to be whether or not Tennessee is going to be able to win, but how Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are incorporated into this offense because they have not started off well. A.J. Brown was expected to be a top seven wide receiver in the league after his great year last year. And then Julio Jones coming off, coming out from Atlanta over to Tennessee. He was He's still an elite wide receiver in this league, but they haven't been playing that well under... Uh, this Tennessee Titans team and Mike Vrabel with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. So it's going to be interesting. I think that the bigger storyline is how do A.J. Brown and Julio Jones play because at the end of the day, it's going to be a blowout with Tennessee taking this one. James, I agree with you 100%. I mean, even watching the Jets play the Patriots in Week 2, I actually felt bad for Zach Wilson as a Patriots fan, which um, I should never have to feel bad for the Jets. But it was it was the Jets are just an awful team this year. They are they are probably the worst team in the league. Um, I've Tennessee in a blowout just like you do. But then moving into the Kansas City Philly game, Kansas City's had a little bit of a disappointing start. They're just one and two. Philadelphia's also one and two. They've looked decent, not great with behind Jalen Hurts, but I have Kansas City in another blowout. There's been a lot of chatter that Kansas City's just not that good anymore, which I think is ridiculous so i've kansas city in another blow they're going to be ready to play on sunday yeah Perry, this is a big game for kansas city because if they lose to philadelphia and they fall to one and three then things are really going to start stirring up they're going to be looking at patrick mahomes and the position he's never been in because in his career usually has three losses in an entire season if he has three leases after three losses after week four that's a completely different story so this is a big game for Kansas City. I have them winning this one, but if they fall to 1-3, and three, that's definitely going to be interesting to see how they're able to respond to that. And then the Carolina Panthers versus Dallas Cowboys game. Carolina is undefeated at 4-0, but Christian McCaffrey is injured, and I have um, they're not go- he's not going to be able... I don't think that Carolina is going to be able to adjust to this injury. I have Dallas taking this one behind Dak Prescott. Yeah, James, I have Dallas as well. Carolina is 3-0. They've had a great start. I think they're a good team, not a great team. I think Dallas has looked really good in all three games of their, this year, even in the loss to the Bucks. So I have them taking this one in a fairly big margin of victory. And then moving over to the Giants, New Orleans. The Giants are another team that just cannot win a game. I mean, this is another team that you've got to feel for. The Jets and the Giants, the two New York teams, the two worst teams in the league. I have New Orleans in this one. Um, they didn't look great against the Patriots last week. It was a lot of the Patriots being themselves, but I think New Orleans is good enough to beat this Giants team. Yeah, Perry, New Orleans is good enough and should be able to beat this Giants team. If not, then that's another issue in New Orleans. Jameis Winston should have a career day against the Giants. That's going to be hard to top off 
um, trying to beat his five touchdown performance in week one. But I expect the Saints to move to three and one on the year and take this victory. Then I have Cleveland beating the Minnesota Vikings. I think this is going to be a massive running battle between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt versus Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. This is going to be a big-time matchup. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a pretty close game, too. I think that Minnesota is going to give Cleveland a tight game, but at the end of the day, I think that Cleveland's going to take this one and get a victory in Week 4. Yeah, Minnesota's looked better than their 1-2 record. I have Cleveland as well. I think Cleveland's a better team than they've shown. I really like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. You mentioned them. I think this game is going to be high scoring. As you said, I'm thinking maybe like a 34-31 type game here in Minnesota. But I think that Cleveland, at the end of the day, will come out winners on Sunday. And then moving into the Detroit-Chicago game, a battle of NFC North teams. I have Detroit in this one. I mean, Detroit should have beaten Baltimore last week. Um, Justin Tucker's 66-yard field goal was ridiculous. And the only reason the Lions lost, and I just don't think Chicago's that good. Justin Fields is behind a bad offensive line. He's just in a bad situation. Matt Nagy's an awful coach. I have Detroit winning this one in a close game. Yeah, Perry, despite Matt Nagy's horrific coaching abilities, I actually have Chicago winning this one for our first differentiating opinion in this Week 4 game. And honestly, I think... I hope that Justin Fields is able to step up and have a better game. He had to rush. He had to run all over the place. He was sacked nine times in his first career start. That's not a good start as an NFL quarterback in their first career start in the NFL. So I'm hoping that the, that narrative is going to be able to change against Detroit. And I think that Detroit's the perfect team for this to happen for Justin Fields. I think that the Chiefs, uh, that uh, Chicago is going to win this one. Excuse me. And then over, heading on over to an AFC matchup between the Houston Texans and Buffalo Bills. Buffalo has definitely amped things up after their week one loss to Pittsburgh. Josh Allen is looking like a potential MVP candidate, again, similar to last year. After his four-touch performance in week three, I have Buffalo in a blowout victory. Yeah, James, the Bills are starting to look like the Bills again. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty big blow here in Buffalo. I have Buffalo as well. And then Indy-Miami, very, very interesting game. Miami's one and two. They probably should be 0-3 realistically. They shouldn't have beaten the Pats in Week 1. Indy's winless uh, behind Carson Wentz, who's trying to revamp his career in Indy. I actually have Indy in this one. I think if they give Jonathan Taylor the ball, they will be a lot more successful than they have been um, in the first three weeks of the season. And I just don't think Jacoby Brissett can keep it up what he did last week. I disagree with you again. I actually have Miami win this one. I think Jacoby Brissett's going to have a great game. The former third-string quarterback for the New England Patriots has now a starting job in another on another AFC team. But I think that the reason that this game is going to go to Miami is because Jonathan Taylor isn't getting the touches that he needs. He hasn't been getting enough handoffs. He hasn't been getting enough opportunities to create for the offense. He hasn't exactly been... I think that the offense honestly should revolve around Jonathan Taylor. He's a power back. He can run. He's fast. I think that they should just give the ball to him a lot, it's almost like a Derrick Henry type of situation. But he is not getting a lot of touches at all, almost sub-15 touches in the game. That's got to increase, and I have Miami winning this one. I also have Atlanta beating Washington, the Washington football team in this game. I think that Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, that connection is going to start heating up, actually. I don't think that Matt Ryan's done just yet. I know that people are saying that, at, like this is the back end of his career, and I agree, it is the tail end of his career, but I don't think that he's he's run out just yet. I think that he's going to be able to get a win over Washington, 
and their defense, which has been subpar, they were anticipated to be one of the best, if not the best defense in the league with Chase Young. But I think that Calvin Ridley is going to have a multi-touchdown game against this Washington team. I have Atlanta winning it. Yeah, I think this is going to be a close game. I think it comes down to how good Washington's defense plays. In the end, I have Washington taking this one. I think Taylor Heineke is going to do just enough on the offensive side of the ball to get Washington that win. And then moving into an NFC West battle between the Seahawks and the Niners. The Niners have been very inconsistent. They barely beat the Lions and they barely beat the Eagles. And then they lost to the Packers on a game that they should have won. Um, I have Seattle winning this one. They're just 1-2 this season. This is a must-win for Seattle. I think San Francisco is a good team, but I think that they might need Trey Lance to take that team to the next level. I have Seattle in this one in a close game. Yeah, Perry, I agree with you. I have Seattle winning this one. And this is a must-win because it is a conference ma- or a divisional matchup between Seattle and San Francisco in a, the best division in the league. I have Seattle winning this one. And then the other two teams battling out that are also in this division are the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are coming off hot after their great Week 3 win over the mighty Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're sh- proving that they're the best team in the NFL right now, and they're going to continue that narrative. They are going to beat and knock off the offensive powerhouse led by Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. I have the Rams taking this one in a high-scoring battle. James, this game is definitely going to be a shootout, and it's going to be a fun one to watch. The Rams have looked really, really good this season, and I have them going to 4-0 in beating the Cardinals. And then moving into Green Bay-Pittsburgh, I think Ben Roethlisberger is done. He just look, he just does not look good that good anymore. Green Bay, after their week one loss, have won two straight. So I think they're going to make it three straight in a win against Pittsburgh. Yeah, Perry, Aaron Rodgers is back in the MVP conversation after his horrific week one performance. I think that he's going to have another great performance with alongside um, Devonta Adams and Aaron Jones of Green Bay. I have the Packers taking this one. And then Denver, the Denver Broncos, sorry fans, but your undefeated streak is going to end after three games playing against poor teams. You're going to end up losing to the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson in this one. I have the Ravens defeating the Broncos. James, I have the Ravens as well. I think Denver's not as good as their record suggests, as you mentioned there. I think Baltimore's not that great either, but I think that they are better than Denver and will get to 3-1 and one this season. And then moving into the game that people had circled since Brady left for Tampa last March, um, Tampa Bay, New England. I have Tampa Bay winning this one in a blowout. I will go so far to say that if the Patriots just lose by a touchdown, they don't even have to win. If they lose by a touchdown, I will buy a Mac Jones jersey. I, I have I see no possible way that the Patriots win this game. It is going to take a miracle for them to beat Tampa Bay and Brady. Um, I have Tampa Bay in a blowout. Yeah, Perry, energy is definitely going to be high in Gillette's Amen in Foxborough, Massachusetts on Sunday night. But at the end of the day, Tampa is going to come in and steal a victory over the Patriots. Um, in this battle, Tampa's going to win this one. And then the final matchup of the week, I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders. They have looked really good. They're undefeated. And I think that Derek Carr, he's looking to be an elite quarterback in this league. Josh Jacobs is coming back from missing week three at that running back position. They're looking good, and I think that they're going to move, stay at un- that undefeated status and move to 4-0 over the Chargers. Yeah, Derek Carr, one of the perennial underrated players in the NFL. I have the Chargers winning this one. Except um, in on Monday Night Football, I think that Justin Herbert has looked really great lately. I love how Austin Eckler compliments that backfield. Mike Williams is looking like a breakout star again. 
So I have the Chargers in this one. But that will be it for Quick Pick, guys. Hopefully, I can do better than in Week 2. But that will also do it for this week's episode. As always, guys, if you need to find anything about us, our email, our Instagram, our calendar, anything like that, from ballparkstobuzzerbeers.com, um, you can search it up, and all of our stuff is there. Guys, thank you for listening. As always, I'm Perry Morzino signing out alongside my co-host, James Farley, with the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beers Sportscast. Have a good one, everybody.